Hello, and welcome back to the Worst Sister Shire podcast. We're three sisters who decided to start a podcast covering our favourite shows and movies, starting with Pretty Little Liars in this segment that we've called Shadewood. Two of the sisters have seen the show before many times, but for one of us, it's the first time watching. In this episode, we're going to be covering episodes 13, 14, and 15 of season one. But before we do that, um, why don't we introduce ourselves? Say hi, guys. Hi, I'm Suna. Hi, I'm Sadie. And I'm Arzom. And before we get into this week's episodes, I think we should cover off on something that we started off last fortnight, actually. Do you guys want to reveal our poem contest? Yes, I do. So last week we had a poem contest inspired by Ezra Fitz's amazing poem, B26 which he got published in record time. (laughs) And we thought it was such a great poem, we wanted to have a go at it ourselves. So each of the sisters wrote their own version of the poem and we posted this on our social medias and we posted it on Reddit as well, where we got quite a lot of votes on which one was the best poem. And without further ado, I will reveal that the winning poem was Arzorn's. So you got the majority of the votes, followed closely by Sadie, followed not so closely by me. <laughs> no one likes your poem. I know. I know. I was just thinking it was too artistic for the likes of us. <laughs> I think I worried too much on the tone and not the actual content. So I won't be quitting my day job anytime soon. But um, can I get the numbers? And have you had these notarized? Like, is Arzum actually the clear winner? There was quite a lot of votes for your poem as well, Sadie. But there was like one for mine, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and it was me. <laughs> Even my husband chose Arzum's power. <laughs> so that's like how crappy my poem was. But yeah, so I think we'll each read out our poems now. Treat everyone to a an artist's reading. How about we go in reverse order and finish with the winner? Okay, sounds good. So loser, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> so as the loser, I'll start. This is my poem. Um, in the style of Ezra Fitz. It's a bird, it's a feather, it's an earring. Pink, rebellious streaks, raven-haired, raven earring. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. School's out, she has homework. Dirty messages, flirty secrets. Wait, that's wrong. Flirty messages, dirty secrets. Ooh. Ooh. My favourite part of your poem is um, she has homework. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked raven haired, raven earringed, but yeah. I, <laughs> I think I'm the only one. <laughs> no, that it was, was a good, hint. But... It was a hint at how she had dark hair, but also has weird accessories. Like that giant bird earring. Like a giant bird earring. Yeah. Sadie, runner up. Do you want to do your reading? Sadie? I think she's um, blown away by my poem and just needs a second. I think so. (laughs) Sitting, waiting, creeping. Is this what it should be? I think yes. Friends say no. Big hair, big eyes, bright like a dimmed bulb. Do I care? No. Oh, I love that one. (laughs) Do I care? No is my (laughs) favourite. Yeah, same. That's easily the best line from the whole poem. I imagine an Arya's voice being like, do I care? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> nah, mate. Oh, I didn't realise um, Arya was broken. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now for our winner. I just endorse the honour. I just want to preface this with, like, this is really, really good, guys. So don't get too blown away and just die of amazement. I'm going to. Just don't, though. I've I'm finalising <laughs> my funeral arrangements as we speak. Okay, do you want me to read this at your funeral? <laughs> oh, yes, please. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. It's gross. It's weird. It's a grown man. Inappropriate. Loud conversations. Pasta on the floor, as though sudden coffee rain. Hidden kisses at a funeral. Suit vests in a public school. Rendezvous in the woods. I see you. It's a teenage boy. Football. Better grades. Age appropriate. Jealousy. 
your verse three is like literally the best poetry I've ever read in my life. <laughs> Hidden kisses at a funeral vest in a public school. Like I know it's so deep. <laughs> are you Robert Frost? <laughs> I must be. I must be. Um, so I was reading the comments on Robert. Um, Robert. Oh my god! Now I'm stuck on <laughs> on Reddit. <laughs> I was reading the comments on Reddit and um, I think the most popular part of my poem was age-appropriate jealousy. <laughs> yeah. Like it was interesting seeing the bits of the poems that people liked because they weren't my favourite bits. I yeah. feel like people didn't take my – didn't really like my favourite bits and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it's all pretty good. But that verse three is like top-notch poetry. I think you're going to win the Golden Orchid. <laughs> If it wasn't a um, history competition, maybe. You'll still win it because this is iconic. It's historical. Hopefully you didn't just steal it from your sister. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's both you guys are my only sisters that I know of, so I'd hope not. Exactly, that we know of. (laughs) Um. Some other hilarious uh, woman comes out of the woodworks. (laughs) Guys, I'm also a sister. (laughs) Well, yeah, then all three of us combined. I, I don't believe it. Isn't that what happened with Charm? Yeah, just like in Charm. We've got a a spare sister waiting in the wings. Who was kicked off in Charm? Prue. Prue. So that's the oldest sister, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Suna, you're out. I know. I'm gone. It's because I lost the poem contest. It is. (laughs) All right. Should we get into um, this? these episodes we're doing 13 14 and 15 yeah let's do it yeah so i'll be summarizing episode 13 which is know your frenemies yes know your frenemies which is just a really good title i think so a lot happens in this episode the thing that's note the most is that a is really really tag hannah in these episodes in general but particularly in this one so all of the girls are doing their own thing but we get to see a bit more into hannah's uh, i guess old life and her sort of eating disorder and everything so we get to learn a bit more about her background is the main thing that we notice about this and Maya gets sent to juvie via Pam finding weed in her bag but yeah um Sunai did you want to summarize episode 14 for us yeah thanks for that um so episode 14 is called careful what you wish for most of the episode centers around the dance-a-thon that's happening and all the girls are getting ready and slash attending the dance-a-thon the major things that happen at the dance-a-thon is Arya spirals into a fit of jealousy over Ezra. The girls are very suspicious of Ian. He starts becoming suspicious of them back. Emily gets drunk and lashes out. And Hannah is um, and Hannah is blackmailed by A to keep dancing with Lucas. Sadie, you're up. So episode 15 is called, If at first you don't succeed, lie, lie again. In this episode, we see date between Arya and Fitz. We've got new players coming into play. We've got old players being dragged up. And in this episode, you've got a surprise ending that like took me through the loop. I nearly, I nearly lost my mind with this, with the ending to this, to this episode. Do you want to start with it, or do we want to cycle back to it? No, can we start with it because like mind blown. I've been waiting a week and a half to tell you guys this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go. Okay, late on us. Okay, so first of all, bead lady, right? This bracelet lady, whatever, whatever her name is. Right? She told yeah. Spencer that Spencer paid for the bracelets right mm-hmm. yeah now she's having tea with a is that correct like is this our first glimpse of a interacting with another person yes i'm answering my own rhetorical questions because i'm so excited yes and no because we also see a interact with uh ella at the end of episode 14 yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah but she didn't know it was a yeah but we still see them interact we know a was there yeah but okay but this lady was like i did what you told me to do yeah but mm. she doesn't necessarily know what a is doing they might have just been like hey if someone comes and asking say this person bought this instead all right so this person has to be nice enough to get people to trust them to just do what they say like it didn't look like mm. she was blackmailing I'm saying she now, right? I didn't look like she was blackmailing the um, little bracelet lady. Seemed they were having a very pleasant chat. So this then brings up questions as to how A is getting all the knowledge. Like, are they, is like the whole town in on it? (laughs) Could be. Are they just like collecting people to spy on the girls and then like give random live tweeting text responses to A and be like, oh, Spencer just walked out of here. Hannah just did this. Like Gossip Girl style. 
Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Maybe. Mm. Could be. Could be. But yeah, like this is what I was saying before. I'm really jealous you get to watch this for the first time. Like it's amazing. It would have been even better if we got to watch it like all together. Well, we have that opportunity coming up with Original Sin. We'll be covering that as it comes out. So watch this space. And we are really excited that we get to all be watching it for the first time as that's um, happening. So who do we want to start with, Suna? Uh, Let's start with Spencer. Okay, what do you want to say about Spencer? So the way I wrote my notes is I rolled in the people that are related to them into this, into each character. In Spencer's one, I also have things about Melissa and Ian. Spencer overhears Melissa and Ian whispering loudly. And um, Mm -hmm. then they get suspicious that someone might have heard them and they decide nobody did. And then following that, A sends um, Spencer a message to say, are they married for love or an alibi? And then this kind of spirals into uh, Spencer getting more and more suspicious about Ian through the episodes. She does question him about Hilton Heads. So last episode we talked about how Spencer started piecing together the Hilton Heads thing that both Ali and Ian were there and he just says it was from a while back. Then there's a scene that comes up a bit after this where she calls Hilton Heads to ask them about it to try and figure out what room they were in and I don't Mm. think we catch what happens on that phone call because other things happen and it gets distracted and then Spencer hangs up and she's like yeah they were together. Like I don't know what Hilton Heads could have possibly said to her to determine that they were together. I know I was thinking that. It just kind of cut it away as a re- at a really convenient spot because I think she asked about what room number were they in or something. So did they come back and be like, Alison and Ian were in room 502? <laughs> well, it doesn't make sense though because on the phone she was like, hi, my husband really liked the room he stayed in last time. And I her know. And accent. What room was it? And why would she be like, oh, yeah, you, um, you Alison and yeah. Ian were yeah. in that room. Exactly. There was. There's no logical way that conversation should could have gone, where they would have got, where she would have got that information. So I think that was a convenient cutaway. But yeah, she didn't so say true. that they were in the room together. She said they were there well, at we, the same time. Oh, okay. Oh wait, true. Oh, okay. is right. Right. So she would have told her the dates then. I guess. Yes. They were there at the same time. I have here in my notes. I can't remember my kid's birthday, let alone my friend's holidays date like date yes checks out spencer memorized the date that allison was at hilton head yeah but to be fair that date's pretty significant because it's the day before she went missing she came back she came oh okay i get it that makes sense Mm. so i feel like that's a pretty memorable date also it's like labor day weekend she went to hilton head came back and then died the next day right yeah I guess so. Okay, well, that makes sense then, how she would have pieced that together. How is she, like, keeping calm? Like, she panics about everything, and she's got a potential murderer in the in the house, and she's all like, yeah, it's cool. He could have, maybe. Is it? Do you think this is her keeping her cool? I thought she was freaking out the whole episode. Me too. No. She, she didn't, I don't know, she didn't feel like she was freaking out. I feel like Spencer's reaction is muted compared to how Sadie would react in that situation because that's how Sadie reacts to, like, getting lost. <laughs> that's really true. One time, Sadie and I, like, legit no joke, got lost driving around and she cried because she was never going to see her children again. <laughs> <laughs> we were surrounded by warehouses. It was that level of panic. Like, we are going to find our way home eventually. We'll just be a bit late. (laughs) I don't know what she thought was going to happen. We're just going to park somewhere and build a new life there. (laughs) Do you remember the time that um, you and Arzum were on the way home and you missed the turn off and ended up going somewhere completely different and then back turning back and going home? Do you remember Dad's panic attack? Yeah, because because Arzum knew the way home. (laughs) My sense of direction has only gotten worse. It really has. My theory is that Suna was born first and took all of the sense of direction with her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is hilarious because I don't even have that much sense. Just more than you two. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense because Suna was born early and I was born late. Right? (laughs) Same, actually. I was also born late. Yeah. Not only did she take the direction, she also took the sense of time as well. And initiative to be born first. <laughs> She's like, I'm, a, I'm ready now. <laughs> I wonder if there's a correlation between sense of direction and how early and late you're born. It seems to be by this conversation. The other thing about Spencer is, so she's hanging out in the kitchen. Melissa comes home from shopping. 
She drops a pharmacy bag on the floor and Spencer decides to help her pick it up. She literally picks up the bag contents first. (laughs) (laughs) She does. Opens the bag, shoves her hand in and then lifts it from there. Right? Like, uh, just pick up the pharmacy bag. What medicine she's taking is not your business. You act like you don't have sisters and that is not how I would help you pick up a bag. Yeah, but they're not even on speaking terms. No, they are though. Because remember in episode 12 or something, I think it was, Spencer's like, I'm sick of fighting. And then Melissa's like, yeah, truce. I'm just, I'm choosing to be happy now, Spencer. Yeah. Okay. Let me rephrase. They shouldn't be on speaking terms. (laughs) (laughs) Because Spencer has just continued to effort Melissa's life by now setting her up with Ian, who she's convinced is a murderer. But who she knows is a pedophile. <laughs> yes, but who she knows is a pedophile and a cheater. So, yeah, they're not close enough that she should be going through her things. I'll just add no. that. Snoop. And um, <laughs> I feel like Sadie's only defending that because if I dropped the pharmacy bag, she would be all over it. I already said that. If you drop any item, any bag. Sadie would push the bag off the ledge and then be like, oh, you dropped this. <laughs> let me help you there anyway so melissa has an ovulation kit ian walks in and he's like oh we weren't supposed to tell anyone and then melissa's like don't worry spencer can keep a secret creaktastic ian says yeah i know she can yeah i know why does no one think that's sus why do they all keep making these really really weird comments and that no one else picks up on except the viewer and spencer I don't know, man. <laughs> so a few other things um, happens to Spencer. After they get that video sent to them and they're all watching it on Spencer's laptop, Spencer is like the least cool person to have ever existed. Mm-hmm. So basically they're looking at this video. Ian's face is on the screen and Ian walks in standing next to his face, doesn't see anything. And Spencer just slowly shuts her laptop in the most sus way without breaking eye contact. And then when he comes back in, as if her closed laptop wasn't enough, she slams her book on top of the closed laptop so he can't see through it. Yes, like the most sus series of events ever. But how does Ian not see his own face on that video? He walked in from the direction that the camera, the video was facing And it's paused on a screenshot of his own face. And not one of them is blocking the screen. Yeah, it's just in plain view. How do you not see your own face staring back at you? The same way that no one ever sees anything in this show. Yeah, but this wasn't even out of frame. It was in the frame. I was going to say, my favourite shot is like Ian standing in front of his own photo, like looking back at them with the same face he has on the the screen next to him. (laughs) Yeah. She's just being super sus. And um, not only that, though, but her obsession with e- going through Ian's stuff is also is about the stuff he's keeping in the living room. But, like, if I had murdered someone and I had incriminating evidence, I wouldn't leave it in a box in someone else's living room. Yeah, well, I go away for a few weeks on my honeymoon. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know why they were so desperate that they were going to find some sort of evidence in there. If you leave boxes in my house, I'm going through them regardless if I think you're a murderer or not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's why. So why would you leave evidence of your crime in boxes for someone to find? My favourite Ian scene of this episode, though, is, um, you know, the episode when Spencer walks into the kitchen and Ian's there making a sandwich? Yeah. (laughs) And it's like the most sinister music is playing in the background. (laughs) He's making his sandwich and he gives Spencer half and it was like, like just the mood around this guy making a sandwich. It was just like crazy how sinister the music in that scene was. But can I just say how good that sandwich looked? It did look good. It was a shame that she threw it out later. I know. Like, Also, first of all, like, why did you throw out that sandwich? And who's so dainty that they're going to wrap up half a sandwich just to throw it out later? I know. Like, why did you make a full sandwich if you weren't going to eat it all? Which idiot offers half a sandwich to someone anyway? I wouldn't offer half a sandwich to you guys. I remember one time you, like, yelled at me because I wanted a bite. I have made the exact amount of food that I want to eat right now. I'm not going to share it. If you want one, I'll make you your own one. Yeah, I agree. My pet peeve is when I'm making something and my husband's like, no, I don't want any. And then he wants a bite. I'm like, excuse me. Okay, but can I just say, I've lived with you and your husband and you do the same thing to him all the time. (laughs) it's, It's true, but that goes against me right now. So I'm going to be selective. 
every night Sunna's husband will be like, Sunna, do you want a yogurt? He'll make one. And she's like, no, I don't want one. He'll make one for himself. And then he'll be walking past. And she's like, can I have a, can I have a bite? Can I have a spoon? <laughs> <laughs> this is probably why he just makes me a yogurt now. <laughs> Um, so what happens next with Spencer? Let's say we're at the dance in episode 14 and drunk Emily makes some kind of comment to Ian about mm-hmm. how they're onto him or something like that. And he aggressively starts to dance with Spencer in front of everyone in a completely non-sus way, as if that's at all inappropriate because he's married to her sister and also her coach right now. Yeah. And no one questions this yet again. And he threatens about someone's going to get hurt if she's been telling people about their relationship. Also a very loud conversation in a very crowded gym. Yes, they, they like this stuff. At least at, in that instance, music was playing. <laughs> but essentially after the dance, the uh, laptop is returned and the video is gone and the bin is emptied and the laptop was just on her coffee counter. So that's very sus. Yeah. So we get a flashback that Spencer has and she then admits to the girls about this flashback. So on the day Ali disappeared, Ali was threatening to tell Melissa about her and Ian and called Spencer and the rest of them puppets and has this big song and dance about how they wouldn't exist without her. Spencer stands up for all of them and kind of says, as far as I'm concerned, you're dead to me already and who um, who's a leader with no one to follow kind of a thing. And then, and then she storms away and then follows Alison outside and then they realise that like the shadow in that video that they see is actually Spencer. So the person who was following um, Alison that night in the yard was Spencer. Yeah. Okay, but the, the shadow was in the photo, not the video. Yeah, it, the video is gone, but the photo is in its place. So the video is gone and there's a photo and it's just a still photo of Alison um, in the backyard. She's wearing the yellow top, so you know it's that night. So when yeah. Spencer went to go see Jason, he said that he was getting photos mm. like this as well, right? Yeah. And that he hired a private detective to go look after them, blah, blah, blah. Later on, you see him say that um, it's a legit picture of Allison. Why would Jason be getting pictures of Allison the day of her murder? Like, who's sending? Well, it's not necessarily the day of her murder, just photos of Allison. Like, it always happens with crimes and stuff. Like, even in r- real life, when the police say, oh, let us know if you have anything, they get all these random things that are, like, not even real leads. So I think that's what's happening there. And um, they've got people verifying whether some of these things are true or not. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about this um scene with, Jason and Spencer actually. Did you all notice how PI Spencer went? Like what was she wearing? I thought that too. Why was she wearing that? She had a that very overcoat. PI outfit. The overcoat and her hat and everything. She dressed like a PI in her boots and she completed the look with the manila, manila folder that she put photo into. Yeah, why did she need a whole folder for that one photo? <laughs> I know, right? So um she obviously had to match her outfit to the situation. She did. She's like, I'm going to go snooping. I need to dress the part. I need to dress the part. I can't just approach someone with this photo if it's not in a manila folder and I'm not wearing a coat. We're all wrapped up for Spencer now, I think. Cool. Kick it off. So Emily's mum, oh my God. But I love the way that she stood up for herself and she's like, uh, this is the first time I'm embarrassed to be your daughter or have you as my mother or something along those lines. Yeah, I like the way she stood up for herself. I like the way that she's coming into her own personality. Her. My thing with Pam in this episode was like, so Pam walks in and she sees their feet touching on the yeah. bed and she hears them <laughs> laughing. Obviously, that's a sexual position. I know. They're both <laughs> facing forward. Their legs are up and like from the knee up facing the head of the bed and they're giggling and their feet are like up. You can see like pants around her ankle <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, this is sex. Must yeah. walk in and scream. <laughs> Look, in, pa- in Pam's defense, she's new to this whole scene. She doesn't know what lesbian sex looks like. Okay. Could be this. <laughs> Maybe this is what they do. It includes laughing and foot touching. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seems so. Um, so I was just like, okay, Pam, what an exaggeration to walk in on. But okay. I think it just like goes to show how uncomfortable she is with it though. Like it was hugely overreacting. And I think it's because she is really uncomfortable with the whole thing. Like she just hasn't accepted that Emily is gay yet. Saying that though, having the two girls interact in front of the other liars at school, it warmed my heart. Like it made me happy that they were finally able to show like their true selves. How we're like, hmm you know, kidding around with each other, like, yeah, I liked it. I don't know. I had a note in one of mine being like, oh, why are they so cringe? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't have an opinion on whether it was cringe or not, but I think the support that Emily gets from her friends is kind of what gives her the courage 
to do the stuff that you were talking about earlier, Sadie, around, um, you know, yeah. speaking up for herself a bit more and being more confident in herself because I think she was, you know, before she came out, she was really worried that people weren't going to accept her. Yeah, But seeing that she had the support of her friends and stuff like that, I think it's given her the confidence a bit more to, like, mm-hmm. be her own self and have those kind of conversations at school and stick up to her mum a little bit. Yeah, coming out of her shell a bit in these episodes, even when she talks to other people as well, like when she was talking to Paige and she was like to Paige, look, if you want to beat me, you're just going to have to work harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's not apologising for being herself. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because up until these episodes, she was much more meek and like kept to herself yeah. and didn't, you know, say anything to anyone, even if they said something to her. What I was going to say about Emily, though, is that she has a pretty iconic line. Yes, I noted this too. Go for it. I don't know if we're talking about the same one. Is it, if lying was a crime, we'd all be in jail? Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of this as iconic. It was so iconic. It is iconic. Yeah, and I just loved it. I thought it was just another good demonstration of how she's becoming a more stronger personality and she's even, like, standing up to her friends a bit more, which we saw that she never really did with Alison, for example. Yeah, and so, yeah, she starts to feel sorry about all of the Toby stuff because she definitely thinks it wasn't Toby. Yeah, that's right. And the police are, like, closing in on Toby. They're basically like, we're about to go pick him up. And then later in the episode, he does get picked up and carted off at school and people have written killer on his locker and stuff. I've got Toby in with Emily because they're more closely related. And, um, yeah, I was going to say, like, he had to do the walk of shame from school. And the other thing I wrote about him here is that even the Rosewood kids are on top of current affairs because they knew who he was and avoided him on the street. Yeah, yeah. These are some savvy kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah spencer was in here as well wasn't she she was like hiding and watching him yeah she was watching him yeah. but that was from across the street and then she follows him into an yeah. alley where he has another like pretty like emo twilight boy kind of meltdown where he punches the air as he runs away and slides his <laughs> down a wall next to the trash to cry as he stares into the sky <laughs> <laughs> look it's a mood okay it's a mood it is a mood he's angsty <laughs> okay I totally feel his he's vibe. He's so angsty. Not only that, yeah. the show is getting the show is getting ready to like get rid of Toby, so they're bringing another emo boy in his place. Like, what's up with Caleb? <laughs> what the heck? He just hates Toby. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've got Caleb coming up here because he's hacks Emily's phone, but um, you needed someone to hack the phone. In he comes. The thing is called True North, which I found mm. interesting. It made me really think of the Kardashians. I was like, were they a yes. real big fan? Is that why they named their kids, like, True and North? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, I was about to say, I can definitely see Kim effing up some Pretty Little Liars. I feel like she'd be a fan. Yeah, I reckon so too. Kim Kardashian, if you're listening, are you a fan of Pretty Little Liars? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> oh, my God, if she replies, I'm going to freak out. If she replies, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> After she's sent to True North, she, her phone's locked, so only her parents can call her. So Emily's trying to call and she can't get through. And that's when they get techno boy Caleb to hack the phone somehow. I don't know how he hacked Maya's phone from Emily's phone because yeah. the block was on Maya's phone, not Emily's phone, but he found a way. He's, he's just that good. Where there's a Caleb, there's a way. It's true. <laughs> And my favourite line of Caleb's this episode was when Emily basically says, if I give you four, 40 more dollars, will it happen quicker? And he's like, let me put it this way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, Caleb's funny. Before Maya even leaves for True North, her friend, like Emily's friends, smuggle Maya out of their room and yeah. like, make the world's biggest fire hazard in Spencer's bedroom yes. <laughs> by lighting 500 candles and just leaving Maya to sit there waiting for Emily. I like, like how movies just think candles are the most romantic thing. Like, how yeah, do we show like... romance? Just chuck, chuck some candles in there. Approximately 500 will do. Approximately 500 candles. Who has the budget? Honestly, who has that much of candles? They danced in there. Yeah, they monk- They dance among the flames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've been watching so, too much Game of Thrones. So they think they're the mother of dragons. But yeah, I just think that needed to be addressed before we moved on to um, Maya Agreed. and how she reacted to the phone call. And how dramatic it was. Maya's only gone for three months. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that was hella dramatic. But no, recently uh, my partner went away for three months and I didn't light a bunch of candles and dance with him. 
because your soul is dead, okay? Are you sure, though? Are you sure you didn't? I didn't light 500 candles and dance with him in my friend's bedroom, no. Did you get the school techno to hack into his phone so you could talk to him? No, I didn't. Yeah, so then Emily finally gets to talk to Maya, but Maya's not very chatty on the phone. and um, She's been drugged. What? Mm, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe. But if you're going at a reform school because you're on drugs, why would you get drugged some more? Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, it could be any number of reasons. Maybe she couldn't talk right then. She's not supposed to have her phone. I think Caleb or someone pointed it out. Maybe she was just being watched. Like, there's a million reasons she wasn't chatty right then and there. There's a million legitimate reasons why she wouldn't be chatting on the phone. Emily has a full-on meltdown because she's like, Maya's moving on. Like, it's been two hours. <laughs> you yeah. last spoke to her like two hours ago. Okay, just relax. And then she gets drunk and she threatens Ian at the dance. Three sips of a flask and then she was like slurring her words and couldn't walk and she was like, I can see colours or I can hear colours or something like that. Yeah. But also like I feel like everything that happened to her was not major enough that she suddenly has to drink her problems away. Like nothing happened that merited that reaction from her. Yeah. Like it's totally fine. You're just assuming the worst. Like just give her a day and call her again later or something. Like, you know. Yeah, you're acting like Satan. Yeah. Jumping to conclusions is my main form of exercise. Yeah, that's good. Keep them legs strong. <laughs> let's just be logical here. So mm. let's say that Hannah's flask, right, has, it can't even have more than like 500 ml. It's way less than 500. Yeah, I'll say yeah. 250. 200. I'd say 250, yeah. Even if she drank the entirety of that, given her body weight and that, it wouldn't affect her that much. I feel it would if it was like pure vodka depends on what's in there i don't know i just don't think she needed to get drunk either like your world's not crashing down around you your girlfriend just had a short conversation with you but yeah okay let's talk about Paige. yes oh my god sadie what's your first what's your first instincts of Paige before i get started where did this crazy come from now like the girls are battling everything else and then you got this crazy to deal with on top of it (laughs) yeah well she came from the pool apparently Um, so I personally hate Paige with like a passion, not just because she's so like intense that she tried to drown Emily, but because she's super weird. Um, Yes. Like, oh my God, preach. In one of the first (laughs) scenes, she's interacting with Emily. Like it's right after their first swim thing. And she walks up to Emily while she's getting dressed. Like she's in a towel. She picks up Emily's bra and she goes, oh, this is pretty. And then just like acts like that's normal i've never gone into a girl's change room picked up someone else's bra while they're getting dressed and been like oh pretty <laughs> like, you haven't lived <laughs> <laughs> like that's so weird you that's wait till cool. you find out about all the foot touching that goes on in those locker rooms <laughs> oh my god don't tell pam <laughs> But yeah, she's just super weird. Yeah, but she's obviously like gunning for captain. She's trying to win people over. Does this great big beach and gives gifts to people, which we later find out is the Ghost Sharks bracelet, which is the same as um Ali's friendship bracelet. Yeah, that's right. But while we're here, can I just say their teacher is a massive jerk as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the real villain of this show is the swim coach. <laughs> yeah, like obviously I get it. Okay, Paige was hella annoying. And she was, like, taking up the room and giving people gifts and obviously making it very clear she wants to be captain. But the teacher just cuts her off and she's like, I'm going to let you finish, but Emily had the greatest record of all time. (laughs) Literally, because she broke the swim record. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now, can I just say this school has a lot to answer for. They've got two pedophiles on staff and this one. Yeah. Like, the track record yeah. isn't great. Like, I don't know what you were expecting. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. She's she's just really rude and just, like, I don't know, inappropriate. I mean, this is the coach I mean. Like, she just has, like, mm. no boundaries and no understanding of how to deal with young people. I'm like, why do you teach? Especially teenage girls. Yeah. But then um, Paige finds out that she's been replaced as anchor and proper tries to drown Emily. She also says some homophobic comments to Emily, yes. which is where Spencer gets involved. Being great on the breaststroke not be a great thing when we know which team you're really playing for, something like yeah. that. And I'm like, first of all, that's not even witty. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, It'd be witty if you're going to insult me. Yeah, exactly. Like, Try and be more creative than that. Like, You just put two homophobic comments into one sentence and they don't even make that much sense. Paige, like... <laughs> 
Look, she tried her best, okay? Yeah, I did expect better from someone who's going to go as far as to drown someone. Yeah. Like, be more crazy if you're going to go crazy. Yeah, and then, so Spencer finds out that Paige was homophobic to Emily. Yeah. And she dogs on her to the teacher. Like, finally, someone decides to tell an adult something yeah. in this show. <laughs> yeah, then Spencer and Emily have a fight about it. Emily's like, if I wanted them to know, I would have told them myself. And Spencer's like, I was just looking out for you. Emily got quite upset when Spencer was like, I did it essentially because you never stood up for yourself with Allison. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's all I had on Emily. In terms of Allison's death and timeline, mm. girl had a busy day. She did. We haven't even covered most of it yet. I know, like, but just it's... thinking about the logistics so far. Like, she gets back pretty late afternoon because she basically just tells the girls, I'm going to go get changed and come over to Spencer's when she gets back. So let's say that takes about an hour. She gets there. And in this night alone, she has a fight with Spencer, goes to the bar, runs off, sees Toby, sees Ian, (laughs) gets killed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She likes to cram a lot in. But, yeah, let's um, move on to Aria, shall we? Yes. I'll start us off. So she goes and she stays at Fitz's house and then lies to her mum about it. And also, if you're that worried about being seen together, why in like the very like next episode when they're going to some art exhibit together, are they making out in a limo in plain sight on the street outside of his apartment? I yeah. know. And she wears the reddest dress she can find. They're yeah. like all dressed up, all in a limo. Like people are looking at you if you're in a red dress and a limo outside of Ezra's house. And for some, re- for, for some reason, they think no one's going to see them. And she asks him on the date in front of a classroom full of people and he does not hide the expression at all. Yeah. The way yeah. she asked him was so dumb. Yes, Yes, I have this in my notes as well. How she had it in her jacket and she kind of like pulls her jacket apart to show him the tickets in her shirt. But like there's a classroom full of people in like detention or whatever they were or it was just a classroom. I don't know what they were. They were taking a test. From the back, that would look way more sus because you just see someone flashing the teacher (laughs) and then the the teacher grinning like an idiot. (laughs) And being like, yes, looks outstanding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like... That looked way worse from behind to those students than it did at the front where you could see she was clothed. The fact that, like, they're not found out by now is killing my soul. And then... Also, can I, I have a little comment here that's, like, reason Ezra's, like, I said yes is because Ella insisted and I couldn't tell her I was seeing someone, could I? Like, like yes, you could. You just didn't have to say who it was. It's none of her business. Yeah. Or you don't even have to explain. Just say, I'm not dating right now. But if they have like a budding relationship of like friends and he says, oh, sorry, I'm kind of seeing someone. I've got my sights set on someone or I'm working on something. I don't know. And she's like, oh, well, who? Give me the details. Give me the goss. And he can say that's private. I'd like you to respect my privacy. Yeah, but even before then, he can just say, I'm not dating right now. So anyway, these two idiots go on a date in public outside of where they think that they're not going to be seen yeah apparently people in rosewood never leave rosewood like they would know never go to philly no one in rosewood is sophisticated enough to want to go to an art show no so they're obviously more comfortable to be be themselves but i I want to backtrack a little bit to the kind of Mm. start of this like this kind of ties into so it starts off with like the nolan ezra standoff yeah um, about the grades right and so Ezra back and forwards a little bit. He was about to cave in when Ezra said something about, I mean, when Noel kind of hinted that he knew something in front of other students and he was about to give in. And then he went off and he decided, no, no. he's not going to give in to him. Noel, when he did that, such a power move. I don't like the guy, yeah. but it was cool. But also then Ezra says to Arya that he's not going to let that happen to their relationship because what they have is real and honest and he doesn't want anything to make it not real and honest excuse me what do you mean real and honest you can't be seen in public together (laughs) you're hiding everything you're lying to everyone Arya's like to Ezra when he goes out with Simone you should be seen in public with someone your own age and they count to 50 before they follow each other out of the apartment and stuff. And it's like, what part of that is real and honest to you, Ezra? It's the furthest it's the furthest thing from real and honest. And also when they're having that conversation about um, real and honest and literally having a super loud conversation in a crowded car park of their school, by the way. Maybe let's put some sequence to this. So this all starts out 
at the school. The Noel and Ezra thing happens, um, real and honest. Arya goes home and she's having dinner with her family that night and she finds out from Mike that Noel has been telling people that Ezra is in an inappropriate relationship. They don't know who the girl is, but he's having a relationship with his students. And then Arya's like, oh, with who or whatever? And they didn't know. And then Arya's dad says, oh, like, you know, that kind of stuff can ruin someone's career. Do you know anything about Arya? And she freaks out and runs off. Like She says, oh, sorry, I have a sleepover to get to. Yeah, but, like, just the timing of it. How is Byron not even the littlest bit sus <laughs> that his daughter might be involved in something or at least know something? Even if he doesn't think, oh, she's the one in the relationship, how would you not be suspicious that she at least knows something about this? Exactly. Yeah. So they decide they're going to not so uh, not do all that stuff. Um, Ezra's going to quit so that they can keep their real and honest relationship. But before they do, Noel gets done for apparently stolen midterms. His locker kind of gets raided. He gets in trouble. But here's the real question: Why? What would? How would that still prevent him from still telling? I agree. Like you can get in trouble for stolen midterms and still dob on your teacher. Yeah. And so I think they like dodge, they think they dodged, dodged a bullet there and they get an A message. So A was behind the stolen midterm things and it said A is for Alison, not amateur. I love that one. Yeah, that's a good one. There's actually so many good A messages these episodes. There is. Yeah. And then um, the stuff with Simone happens next. So Ella is pushing Simone and Ezra to date. Aria is insanely jealous of Simone. And this is another clueless Rosewood parent moment. When Ella assumes that Arya is jealous because she's jealous of Simone. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Where did that come from? Oh, I see. Yeah, I see what's happening here. You're jealous of Simone. Because <laughs> you want her to spend time with you, your old babysitter. <laughs> yeah. And then she has an outburst at the school as well. We need to talk, she says to Ezra. Yeah. After Simone's like flirting with him. And then Spencer steps in and takes him away. Um, to dance as a distraction yeah not sus at all that she's dancing with her teacher in the middle of everything yeah also even if like Arya stormed over and was like we need to talk and Spencer then was suddenly like oh let's dance it's okay we're allowed would Ezra not be sus that that Spencer knew something exactly but also wouldn't wouldn't Simone be sus about what that outburst was about like nobody just picks up on it yeah it's like it never happened she's just like oh someone has a crush on her teacher and she means Spencer yeah like how are people in Rosewood this clueless, honestly? And then that's when we get to them talking outside the school, out in the car park while everyone is leaving, not sus at all. I think they also yeah. almost kissed, but then they didn't. But my favourite comment of Ezra's in this scene is when Arya is talking about, you do like Simone or whatever she was saying, and Ezra says, I just met her yesterday. I know. <laughs> and my comments on this are literally this, in quotation marks, I just met her yesterday. And then next to that, in giant letters, lol. Because <laughs> that's not what he was saying when he had just met Arya yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly they were in love. There's a connection there. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. Apparently, according to Ezra, he, there's nothing he could do about his relationship to Arya. But also, he only just met Simone yesterday. Yeah. So, Ezra logic. Did you want to kick us off with Hannah? Okay, so Hannah's mum stole the money from the bank, put it into the lasagna box because no one touches carbs, right? So Hannah's upset, her and her mum are running out of money and they need to figure out how to get it back before this lady, what was her name, Mrs. Potter, I think, comes back to look at it. We find out later that she's booked an appointment. So the first one on the list was um, Hefty Hannah. So she like tells her to go to that bakery and pick up Hefty Hannah's order. And then tells her to sit there and this is a logic, this is a logic. She sits there and we flash back to before Hannah was Hefty Hannah. No, Hannah was Hefty Hannah. We flash back to that. It's Alison teaching her how to be bulimic basically. Yeah. So these last, I'd say about six episodes, I'd say that A is um, toying with Hannah the most. But maybe A is just opportunistic though. Because like this is a huge deal, right? Like, someone steals $50,000 from a bank. That's a huge deal. You can exploit that. But on this um, cupcake scene while we're here, like, how is she the most popular girl in school is my question at this scene. Because we see, um, yeah, like, they're oinking at her. But not only that, when they sat down and, like, saw her, they've only seen her eat one cupcake at this stage. They didn't see yeah. her eat six cupcakes. They saw her, like, biting into but one cupcake. 
and they're like pointing at her and making fun of her. And um, at this stage, they were assuming that Noel was still a. Yeah, Noel is mm. there by coincidence. And so are his mm. friends. And then having the conversation with the bead, the bead lady, the bead lady, and Spencer, right? Mm. Maybe, maybe like A told them, "I'll go here and then oink at Hannah." Like you don't know. Yeah, could be. That's a good point. Mm. But I don't know. I just feel like the most popular girl in school, as they keep saying she is, she was homecoming queen and everything, wouldn't get oinked at for eating one cupcake. Yeah. Agree. A places the money in the paper towel dispenser. Yeah, that's another yeah. thing. Like, how do you know that Hannah's going to be the next person in there? What if someone else went in there and took all the money? Like, there goes your entire plotting. What if she did a me and just dried her hands on her pants? <laughs> exactly. What really annoyed me the most about the money in this episode is after Hannah started making some of this money back, she then puts it in a popsicle box in the freezer. Stop hiding money in food, people. No, no deal. Please. It didn't work out for you in the lasagna box. Something else that Hannah has to sort of earn back the money is Hannah has to kind of turn on Aria a bit, which is pretty confronting for her and like she gets a bit torn about this. Yes. So what she has to do is she gets given a ticket to the same exhibit that Aria is going to on her date with Ezra in the fancy limo and is told to give it to Ella to show, like, I think the text is something like to show show Aria's mum what her kid's been hiding, basically. Yeah. And she has to dob on her friend, show her. Basically, she grows a conscience and everything and she's like, no, I can't do this to my friend. I have to stop this. But jokes, Miss Shitty Coach comes back and tells Hannah that she has detention for skipping PE after she got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> Lying about period cramps is not going to cut it. No. Neither is being hit by a literal car and breaking your leg. Yeah. Yeah, but then it puts her into detention with Caleb, who then gets the job done. Without prompting, without asking, just goes and does something nice for Hannah. Some questions asked. He asked, are you going to be late for the Bieber movie? (laughs) (laughs) And Hannah's like, don't talk about the Biebs. You don't know the Biebs or his hair. That was funny. I think I quite enjoyed finding out that Hannah was a believer. Yeah, me too. But also the argument between Ella and Byron about the car and the kill switch just felt like such a conversation I could have seen our parents having. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just like one of those typical things. You're the one that told me to get a car with a kill switch. Because it was cheaper. Why isn't it working? It always works because it has a kill switch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, can I just add to um, the Byron's an idiot thing? When Ella finds out that he was about to go on a date and he's like, you're the one that walked out on me, remember? Like, Byron, do you have short-term memory loss? Like, But why did she walk out on you, Byron? Why did she walk out on you, Byron? Do you remember what happened? (laughs) No. So annoying. I'm Dory. I have short-term memory loss. So Caleb um, saves the day and he stops Arya's mum from getting there. But then we see that uh, Arya lied about where she was after um, she hooked Ella up lied. with Byron. Ella lied, yeah. Arya did not hook up with Byron. <laughs> Correct. She may do some weird things, but she didn't do that. Yeah, so Ella lies to Arya that, and said that she went to the art show and that she loved meeting the artist and we know from the scene with Aria and Ezra that the artist didn't show up because they talked yep. about that when they were there but we didn't talk about the worst thing I feel like that mm-hmm. A got Hannah to do these episodes and that's the dance with Lucas yeah no that was really heartbreaking can I just say she made a pretty penny on that on that night she did yeah so I think I calculated she must have got at least five thousand dollars yeah I, I got four thousand five hundred so about similar part yeah so that's quite a good stosh of cash back yeah so Sean has enough because she non-stop dances with Lucas so they break up can I just say sorry before we move on from Sean I have a note on that hmm. why is Sean the dumbest person I've ever met like he has every <laughs> right first of all to be mad at Hannah because she yeah. sucks to be honest like yeah. In the nicest way possible, Hannah has sucked in their relationship with Sean because she's been, like we've said before, pushy about sex. She's been, you know, crashed his car. She hasn't been respectful, all of that stuff with Sean. Mm. Ask him for a job. Ask him for a job, yeah, after all of that. Why is he so dumb? 
So last week we spoke about how he was like, Hannah, you're really scaring me. Let's go inside because she asked about Noel. And this week he's like, that car broke more than your legs. Something seriously sick is going on up there. We're over. When she was dancing with Lucas. (laughs) Something seriously sick going on up there. You're dancing with a loser. Yeah. But I think it was how she was – I don't think it was the fact that she was just dancing with Lucas. I think it was the fact that she wouldn't stop dancing with Lucas. I know. I know. And I get it. This is what I mean. I get why he's upset. Yeah. But he's so dumb. (laughs) Like, I think for him it was the fact that, you know – and he was even like, yeah, fine. Like, he was annoyed, but he was like, yeah, fine. Go dance with that loser. Yeah. And then, like, she just wouldn't stop dancing with Lucas. And they're there at the dance together. And he, she's, like, making up excuses. We know why. Because we know she's being, like, blackmailed. But yeah. he doesn't know why. He doesn't know why she insists on going and dancing with Lucas. So, like, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, like, I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. She kind of deserves it. I get it. Sean, I feel you. But, like, that was so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then, um, yeah, obviously Lucas doesn't know this either. All he knows is all his wildest dreams are coming true and Hannah's just nonstop dancing with him. But then also, so they break up, right? And then Lucas comes out after they break up and he's like, oh, now that you and Sean are over, like, do you want a ride home? Like, give it, like, more than 10 minutes, mate. Yeah. Not even 10 minutes since they have broken up. But then also A's way of delivering the cash again in a wad in her pocket that just falls out yeah. when she gets like her scarf or whatever out like a get your game on literally like any that could have just fallen out that could have been the wrong coat yeah like just a is just taking so many chances especially by killing mrs potter like a is escalated from like zero to 60 in more in less than 10 seconds so you're saying you think a killed mrs potter well now that you say it like that now i don't i just assumed it was a conveniently timed accident so did i but that's only because we didn't get an a text about it and i feel like a would have bragged about it yeah I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I just assume because yeah. my little note on this literally says Mrs. Potter has conveniently died. That's exactly <laughs> what my note says. <laughs> In this show, everyone's sleeping with everyone. Everyone's killing everyone. Only Allison's been killed so far. And Mrs. Potter, maybe. And Mrs. Emily Potter was literally just nearly drowned to death. Nearly. Hannah was, Hannah was run over by a car two episodes ago. Nearly. These are all knee deaths. Like, they're always half dying. The only thing that, the only one that <laughs> nothing has happened physically is Aria, probably. And Spencer. Spencer has a sore neck, remember? Ren had to massage her. <laughs> That's true. It was her burlap sack, whatever it yeah. was. Her <laughs> burlap sack. Burst of sack, I think. Sack. Burst of sack, I think. Burst of That's right. <laughs> Uh, that's Spencer and her burst of sack. Everyone's like almost attempted murder the entire time and you're going to put the, Mrs. Potter's death down to coincidence? Well, she's not part of the main squad. And also, she's mad old. But how much more convenient yeah. can you get if Mrs. Potter had come and Ashley's money stealing situation been found out by then? Then she couldn't have blackmailed Hannah anymore because Ashley would have been in jail already. Yeah, that's true. She could have been preserving it. Because like before, like A also saved Arya and Ezra's relationship, right? For pres- presumably the same kind of reason. Yeah, ma- you could be right. Maybe um A is keeping their secrets going so that they can keep their games going. So I just want to cover off on some of the A messages we got this episode because I know in previous episodes we've said we weren't getting a whole lot of like A content, but this episode, these episodes, A really like delivered. Mm. There were so many A messages and a lot of them were actually aimed at Hannah, these three episodes. It really sounds like A is there watching things unfold because like the bit with the cupcakes and the bit with the dance, it's like A kept prompting things to happen as they were happening. So A seems very involved in these episodes. Agree. And that's what I was thinking as I was taking the notes. I was like, this is like very sequential. Mm. Like you can't just, I don't know, you can't have a guesstimate of a time of how long it's going to take someone to eat a cupcake, you know, eat four cupcakes. My personal favourite of all of these is um, What's Your Backs? I Didn't A. And it's the photo of Alison with Mm. the shadow behind her. Because that is the second time in these three episodes that A has hinted that it's Allison yes. still. Yeah, and that's the exact reason that I liked A is for Allison, not amateur as well. That was my favourite one. Yeah, same. 
after this episode, we're going to have another contest. So we really enjoyed doing the Ezra Fitz contest and we thought we'll do another one so that we can get people to vote and see which one of the sisters is the winner this time around. And our next contest is going to be creative ways to deliver money if you're A. So we saw in this episode that A gave money back to Hannah in really creative ways. We're going to each come up with unique ways of giving cash back to Hannah. And maybe we can have some criteria that people can vote on too. Maybe we can have what's the most Mm. practical one? Like what's the most foolproof one? What is it that is going to be absolutely messed up? Like with some of the other ones, we said, what if she didn't dry her hands on the paper towels? What if somebody else walked in there before then? So there's errors, right? So we'll vote for which one is the most foolproof. I think maybe which one is the most dramatic. Which one is the most creative, I feel like. Which one's the most dramatic? Which one's the most creative? And which one's the most foolproof? And new category, which one's the most A? Yes. Try and encapsulate A in these. So we'll have those categories. So we'll come up with our own ways. And similarly to this time, we'll post them on the Reddit and our socials. And you can tell us which one is your favorite and your ways, what you would do. Arzum, did you want to talk about our Reddit post of the week? I do. The Reddit post of the week is by Liza Golden. It was a question that she raised or they raised to all of Reddit. And I just thought it was a really good question. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on it. So they asked, who would win the Hunger Games out of like the people in the show? Based on what you guys have seen, who do you think would win? Definitely Spencer. Mm, why? Because she's cutthroat. Like, if they were in the Hunger Games, hands down, Spencer would be the one to watch out for. She'd kill everyone. You know how in the Hunger Games, you've got those people from, like, District 1 and 2 who are, like, trained and, like, volunteer themselves? That's so true. If this was the Hunger Games, Spencer and Melissa would have been training for this their whole lives because they're so competitive in that family. That's yeah. a really good point. That's true. I also was um, tossing up between Spencer and Emily. Just because they're really athletic, so they would have an advantage. Yeah. What's Emily going to do? Pout someone to death? She's a swimmer, man. She's super athletic. Yeah. <laughs> Aria would be the first one to die. Like, that just... That was going to be one of my other questions. Who's going to be first to die? I agree, Aria. She'd be making earrings out of freaking leaves or something. So, she'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> So for my answer, I was also going to say Emily to win the Hunger Games, but to be contrary to you guys, my other thing was going to be, I was going to say Arya is going to win because she's so small because she can just hide it out. That's true. She has got the stealth. <laughs> yeah, she's she is too dumb to hide. But if she were smart. Her and Ezra would be fighting in the center of the arena. But then, yeah, contrastingly, I do think Arya would be the first to die because she wears high heels into the woods. Right. If anyone's going to make it out of there alive, I reckon it would be Spencer mm-hmm. and Hannah. What about the adults? Do you guys think any of the adults would have it in them? The adults. I think Byron would be the first to die. Because he's a whingy. I don't know, because he's just, like, really dramatic and useless. He can't even do laundry. Yeah, that's true. But I was thinking he might make it a little bit further just because, like, he has absolutely no ethics. So he'd be like, oh, yeah, no problem. That's Kill true, people. actually. I don't think it's a problem with ethics. I think it's a problem of capability, though. You know who I think would secretly win? Even if they didn't win, win. They'd, like, make it up there with, the, with like, the last lot. I reckon yeah. Ella Montgomery. Why? She's strong. I feel like Ashley would die because she's so dumb. Like, she has, she gets a resource, right? Someone donates her something, and she's just going to walk around yeah. with it in an open handbag. I don't think Ashley is making it, sorry. And I'm sorry to say, Sadie, I don't think Hannah's making it either. Like, it's not because I don't want them to. It's because they just can't. They're not capable. Ashley Ashley used everything to her advantage to get Hannah out of trouble with the police. Like, she's willing to go the extra mile to make sure that her and her family are safe. But she's not going to be able to, like, sleep with someone out of the Hunger Games. True. Or steal money from an old person. But, yeah, I just thought it was a really good question. Yeah, and all the responses to it were really good too, but um, we can't really talk about them because they're full of spoilers. Yeah. I think a majority of the non-spoiler ones, though, thought it would be Spencer who would survive. Anyone got worse sister stories? You did. You had two about Kirk, machine and fish related. <laughs> oh, Yes. <laughs> Okay, I've got two stories. I nominate my husband as the worst sister of the week this week. So you know how I got my sewing machine and um, I've been setting it up and I've been, you know, doing some stuff with it. Yeah. So I'm walking past my machine one day and it's literally drenched in freaking red liquid. It looks like someone bled all over the machine. (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell is this? What's going on here? I literally have no idea how he did it because he only spilt it on the machine. 
Like he spilled beetroot juice all over my machine. He didn't even spill any on the table or the floor or anything near it. Just on the machine, including my thread. There's a bit of my thread that's red now, but I'm like, I'm not re-threading this. It's just going to stay. <laughs> Now it's pink. So that's one of his stories why he was the worst sister of the week. And the other one was, we're both working from home a lot at the moment. I've been eating a lot of fish, like a crazy amount of fish. And I always ask him, when I make fish, I'm like, do you want some fish? And he's always like, no. Anyway, I'm like working. It's a crazy busy day. I'm super busy. Um, and it's like in the afternoon, I'm starving. So I decided I'm going to put a couple of fish fillets in the air fryer and I'll have it. But I'm like so distracted with the work. I'm in a meeting. The fish fillets finished cooking. By the time I get out, he's eaten my fish fillets. <laughs> he replaced them? <laughs> no, I did. I was like, excuse me, are you eating my fish fillet right now? Did he know they were for you? Or did he think you made them for him? Or? No, they were for me, but he was also hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and he just found cooked fish and took them. Yeah, there's only <laughs> two of us in the house. And he never wants the fish. I always ask him, do I'm going to put some fish on for you? And he always says no. And then he eats my fish. All right, so you need to hang a sign. Take a fish, leave a fish tray. Take, yeah, take a fish, leave a fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, my worst sister stories this week. I nominate my husband. <laughs> I actually have a best sister of the week story this week that I was wanting to share. This is all related to my trip to the um, Lifeline Book Fair this week. And I got the set of Pretty Little Liars books. So I'm going to be reading those. I got really convinced by people on Reddit that have said that they're so much better. So I'm really looking forward to getting into it. So this is related to the story of how I went to lifeline to pick up the pretty little liars books but there's kind of two interactions that kind of happened there which really to me was like the best and worst of humanity honestly the first thing (laughs) i was like really proud of myself which is why i said this is my best sister of the week story is this old man just decided to be rude to me for no reason whatsoever Mm -hmm. so i was walking outside the book fair there was like a path and then like a gravel road for cars to pass on Mm -hmm. and i was walking along on the path and then he walked too close to me and i got uncomfortable so i moved aside like i wasn't like in the middle of the road but I was not on the path anymore I was on the gravel and he decides to have a go at me that there's a path there and I should be walking on the path and not the gravel road because cars will want to pass there I didn't want to say to him I actually moved because you got too close to me so I said you know well thank you for pointing that out but I actually moved because something was in my way but you know appreciate it yeah (laughs) and then he got even ruder and he was like it takes some brains, you know, to use your brain. You don't walk over there. There's a path over here. He got like even ruder. And then I was like, I said, thank you for pointing that out. I'll walk mm. on the path um, once you pass. I said something about, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice to people. Like, thank you for highlighting it. Um, you can be nicer next time. Yeah. And he got even angrier. <laughs> oh, my God. He was like, and then he said this to me, and I quote, I don't need any attitude or sarcasm from you. I was like, excuse me. (laughs) You started this. You started this, literally. And then I was like, well, then don't talk to me. Like, Jesus Christ, why are you talking to me? And then, yeah, he he got the angriest, though, when at the end of the thing, I told him to have a nice day. (laughs) (laughs) So I just could not even. I think me being polite to him but standing my ground made him even angrier. I'm surprised you were even polite. Yeah, well, I was. But I stood up for myself and I was real proud. I didn't let him, like, say that shit to me. And I came home and I was complaining about it to my husband. And I'm like, yeah. he would not have said that if I wasn't a woman or if I was with my husband or if it, if I was anyone that he thought was a threat to him. Like the yeah. reason he was rude to me is because he thought he could push me around because I was a woman. Yeah, exactly. And I felt proud that I showed him that wasn't the case. And hopefully he will think twice next time. Channeling your inner Emily. Yeah. So next time maybe he'll think twice before he bees rude to someone. But I couldn't believe he was like, I don't need any sarcasm or attitude from you when I didn't talk to you. Yeah, you started this conversation. What is it to you where I, a woman you don't know, walks? Like, yeah. what is it to you? I can walk on the freaking moon if I want. It's not your business. But on the reverse side of this, I had a very fun exchange with a woman inside the Lifeline Book Centre. So I didn't know where the Pretty Little Liars books might be when I went to look for them. Kind of like in the children's section. 
because I thought maybe they're there. And so I asked her, oh, do you know whether you've, whether there's, um, you know, the Pretty Little Lies books around here somewhere? And she said, oh, are you sure they'd, they'd be around here? I think they'd be in the uh, adult section, right? And I was like, well, I would feel better about myself if they were, but I think they're more teenage <laughs> yeah (laughs) and then she had a good laugh with me about where they were they ended up being in the teenage section and she helped me find it which was really lovely of her that's nice yeah and now I have the pretty little liars books well thanks for joining us again for another week of shades wood um we'll be back next week with our next episode of the source in the meantime if you guys want to see our creative bunny ideas feel free to look us up on our socials you can find us at worst sister shire on facebook instagram and reddit and youtube sorry at sister worst on twitter and you can email us if you have any questions or if you want to submit an idea to us maybe um, worstestershire at gmail.com but yeah so and thanks again to Liza Golden for your great question thanks again for listening and we'll see you guys next week on the count of three guys yep one <laughs> two three Hadabam. Hadabam. not even close <laughs> that was a lot better than what we had previously not really why do you wait until after we've said it to go me and Sun I said it at the same time I was in lag me and Sona said at the same time, you lagged. No, you lagged. No. Let's okay. do it again. Yeah, that's... yeah you count us <laughs> out, Sadie. Okay. On three. Okay. So instead of three, we're going to say Hadabam. You got it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> okay. One, two. Hadabam. 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 <laughs> <laughs>